the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, November the 11th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today is Veterans Day. I'll be talking about that a little more in a moment. Today on November 11, 1620, 41 pilgrims aboard the Mayflower, anchored off Massachusetts. I mentioned yesterday that they had spotted, they had spotted land. Well, today they put out their anchors and they worked up a compact, a social contact compact. They called it body politic. They signed it, a Mayflower compact. They signed it. It became a governing instrument for the first people, first Europeans, the set up shop in America after Jamestown. Today in 1889, Washington became the 42nd state of the Union. Today in 1909, construction began on the naval base at Pearl Harbor. Today in 1918, fighting in World War I, it ended as Allies in Germany signed an armistice. Today in 1921, the remains of an unidentified American service member were interred in a tomb of the unknown soldier at Arlington National Cemetery in a ceremony presided over by President Warren G. Harding. And today in 1938, Irving Berlin's God Bless America was performed for the first time by singer Kate Smith. Land that I love, stand beside her and guide her. Not enough people are singing or thinking or speaking those words today. In fact, there is kind of an effort to shut up God, strip him from every public place, and silence those who talk about him. Today, in 1942, during World War II, Germany completed its occupation of France. And today, in 1953, the polio virus was identified and photographed for the first time in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And today, in 1998, President Clinton ordered warships, planes, and troops to the Persian Gulf. He laid out his case to the American people for a possible attack on Iraq. There's a report out this morning. I haven't had time to look into it too deeply, but it's in a very reliable news source. According to this report put out by Task and Purpose, it's an organization that does research, and it's been quoted in a number of other uh, news organizations just this morning. But the Pentagon, since that fiasco in Afghanistan under the lack of leadership of our President Biden, the Pentagon has purged more than 120,000 photographs and 17,000 films from the Defense Visual Information Distribution Service. The reason I mention this is because 
that's where journalists go to get raw footage if they're really doing their job, and, and some do. Most just kind of echo the party line, mostly the far-left party line. But that's where journalists go to get their their information, their raw footage. It isn't edited or anything. It's just as it was shot, and it's preserved there. Film, video, etc. Well, all of that, or much of that, has been purged. As I said, 120,000 photographs and 17,000 films. The Biden administration is apparently attempting to construct or reconstruct reality rather than live within the reality of what happened when we withdrew from Afghanistan. More than a few people are very upset about this, and some of the far-left journalists who have supported this guy and continue to prop him up are upset. And they're saying, why would he have the need to do that? Well, the rationale is probably that, hey, we're all on his side. Why is he messing with our resources for anything to do with that part of the world? But what this has done has also scrubbed, or I don't know what they've done with it, but it's not available. They've not only locked it up, I guess it doesn't exist there anymore. Maybe they've put it on the cloud. I don't know where they've put this information. But what they've done is they have also removed some of the images of the heroics of our own American soldiers, particularly in those last days during that withdrawal, that bungled withdrawal from Afghanistan. Remember the picture of the, we saw it in the news, of the, a mother handing a little baby to a, one of our soldiers? And he took the baby, an Afghani a mother, he took the baby, and we were later told that they got the baby to a relative or to someone in the family, and the mother wanted the baby out of there, even if she died. Those kinds of things need to be remembered. They need to be where they can be accessed. But the Biden administration and the Pentagon in specifically has purged all of this. And journalism doesn't even have access to it now. It's one of the great problems of our age is that we, with the access to media that we have and the Internet, the World Wide Web and so on, it is so convenient now and it's so much easier to manipulate so-called reality and change what is to what they want it to be. Unfortunately, that touches every part of our lives, including even how we view the military and service to our country. But not all of us are buying into this. We remember. We know. Today is Veterans Day. It's a time to remember and honor those who served in the U.S. Armed Forces during times of peace and times of war. It was Ronald Reagan who said, he said it so well, he said everything so well. He said, quote, we remember those who were called upon to give all a person can give. And we remember those who were prepared to make that sacrifice if it were demanded of them in the line of duty, though it never was. Most of all, we remember the devotion and gallantry with which all of them ennobled their nation as they became champions of a noble cause. 
I want to remember with you for a few minutes this morning, the media isn't making much of today that I've seen so far this morning. Maybe there will be more as the day progresses, but I haven't seen a lot of news organizations, even kind of moderate ones, say much about the fact that today is Veterans Day. World War One was known as the time as at the time as the Great War. It officially ended with the signing of the Treaty of Versailles on June 28, 1919. They signed it in the Palace of Versailles, outside the town of Versailles, in France. However, fighting ceased seven months earlier when an armistice or a temporary cessation of hostilities between the Allied nations and Germany went into effect on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. On a personal note, I remember my dad. I love my dad so much. He's with the Lord now. But I remember when I was a kid, they would, dad would always refer to today as Armistice Day. And I, I, I used to think, where in the world? How does, what does he call it? It's not Armistice Day. It's Veterans Day. And so on. Well, <laughs> it's interesting how that when you're 12, 13 years old, you know every. You know so much more than your parents and all the adults around you. And then by the time you get to 20-something, they've learned so much that they actually know more than you do. That was my experience. I don't know if that was yours or not. But anyway, it was Armistice Day. And then they changed it. For that reason, November 11th, 1918, is generally regarded as the end of of the war to end all wars. Armistice Day was changed to Veterans Day in a uniform holiday bill signed in June 28, 1968. It was initially intended to ensure three-day weekends for federal employees by celebrating four national holidays on Mondays. Those holidays were Washington's Birthday, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, and Columbus Day. Wow. Columbus Day? Yes. They put those on Monday for the federal employees in particular, but everybody kind of enjoyed it, except the American public, not just service members, but families and others, they pushed back pretty hard. They did not want Veterans Day on a Monday. They wanted Veterans Day to be left alone and leave it on November 11th. A lot of people were still raw from the losses of family members in that war to end all wars that didn't end all wars. They didn't care what day of the week it fell on, and they didn't want to create a three-day weekend just for federal employees. So they pushed back pretty hard, and it was changed. It was changed back to November 11th. So whatever day November 11th happens to fall on, in this case today it's Thursday, that's Veterans Day, and that's why it isn't celebrated on a Monday to create a three-day holiday. Maybe you knew that, but perhaps not. Veterans Day is a celebration to honor Americans' veterans for their patriotism, their love of country, and willingness to serve and to sacrifice. I mean, these kids go out and lay it on the line, certainly at wartime, but anytime. Nathan Hale, one of our early founders. He was so committed to the cause of America, he said, quote, I only regret that I have but one life to give 
for my country. I would suspect there's thousands of our young people in the military who feel the same way. Some years later at Gettysburg, Abraham Lincoln would say the brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it, talking about that place, that soil, where he stood. He said, far above our poor power to add or detract, the world will little note nor long remember what we say here, talking about himself and others that were giving speeches. He said, the world will forget. They won't remember what we said, but it can never forget what they did here. Well, he was right about that. We have never forgotten that we shed our blood and our lives and fought for a moral right to abolish slavery. And yet you would think that America is the most vile, horrible place on the planet, if you listen to some of these people that are getting the microphones and the time on television, critical race theory and all of that. We talk about that on this program, but I want to tell you there's another side. And there are people that are willing to lay down their life for the moral stature of this nation. Imperfect as we are, we've done the right thing when it mattered. Always done the right thing. Don't believe what the press tells you. Don't believe what you read. Don't believe what these kids are screaming and yelling on the streets while they burn the buildings and burn cars and so on. America is a good place. And the people that give their lives and give their themselves to this cause is a noble cause. Lincoln was right. We've not forgotten what was done there, but he was wrong. We do remember what he said. In fact, his Gettysburg Address is the most quoted speech of any president at any time in the history of this country. Winston Churchill famously said, Never was so much owed by so many to so few. And it was Patrick Henry who reminded us, The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, and the brave. My grandmother was educated, highly educated, until the fourth grade, my mother's mother. At the fourth grade, the decision was made. She lived in a very conservative, um, religious uh, family. She grew up that way. And it was decided that fourth grade was enough education, not only for her, but a lot of the girls of that time. Some of the boys went on and got a higher education to the fifth or sixth grade. That's my background. But my grandmother continued to learn. She self-educated. She ended up writing a lot. And she, um, she taught Bible classes that were extremely well-received. She packed it out. For years, she taught the Bible from her Schofield Bible. She wrote a poem. She wrote a lot of poems, but she wrote one poem. I've shared it on this program before on a Veterans Day. I, I can't remember if I did last year or not. I don't think I did last year, but I have in the past. So you may have heard this before, but perhaps some of you haven't. I thought it was appropriate to share it in the context of what we're talking about today. But it's a poem that my grandmother wrote in response to her oldest son, my uncle, who lived to be 104 
passed away just a few years ago in Yakima, where he spent his most of all of his life. And um, he was away in the military many years ago. And he had apparently written a poem to his mother, my grandmother. And grandma was responding. And she wrote this, and we have it in the family. In fact, our daughter and my wife published a little book. It's, in fact, it's a pretty good-sized one with all of her stuff that she wrote in it. It's very interesting. This is in there. It's just for our family. It's not available publicly, but she said, A Mother's Vision, she titled it, dedicated to my son and our boys across the sea. Dear son, with pride your poem I read, and I sense plain truth in the words that you said. Though the bullets that are flying are far away, some mother's boy will have to pay with his lifeblood for freedom that we might live, the supreme sacrifice he will give. And somehow I, as I read those lines so true, am wondering if we are doing all we can do. For these dear boys who faced the call, leaving families and sweethearts, giving their all, and I pondered the question within my heart, and I said, Dear God, help me to do my part. On the battlefield so far away, help me, O oh God, to always pray for the laddies out there who mean to stand till freedom reigns on sea and land. Then I heard a voice, a soft and low. Mothers, it said, you too can go to the battlefield far beyond the seas, but remember your place will be on your knees. It's not by power, it's not by might, it's the spirit of prayer that will win this fight. A purple heart you may never wear, but hearts of gold are fighting there, who need your prayers and courage too that they might win and come back to you. I bowed my head, I bowed anew, whatever the cost, I will be true to God the Father, God the Son, and the millions of fighting boys as one, and send a prayer as a shaft of light to those boys through the long dark night, and make it so real that every boy can feel a nail-scarred hand placed in his own, a presence that is leading and guiding them home. My grandmother to my uncle many years ago. That pretty much reflects the sentiments of America. Until, until the resurrection of something that had not been seen to that degree in America, but in other parts of the world, of an anti-spirit. A spirit of wanting to dismantle this country and what it stands for and what it was built upon and make it into something it was never intended to be, and we're in the midst of that today. But in the midst of all of that, as Patrick Henry said, the battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, and the brave. And I think that's what we're called to be today. And some of us, of course, will serve and do serve. We must remember and honor them in every way that we can because they are putting it all on the line. But all of us are called to be vigilant and to be active and engaged in the culture, in our country. It's worth it. It's a noble cause, and to be brave. Cultural 
dementia seems to have seized the city of Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas, it's the most far-left so-called progressive city in Texas. Most of Texas is very conservative. Austin, not so much. They're not going to remember the significance of today in America. Here's why. You can guess. They've canceled the annual Veterans Day parade. They do it every year. People come out, they remember, in honor of those that are serving our country or have served our country. Not this year. Governor Greg Abbott is very upset. He said the city of Austin's overreaching requirements has forced the Austin Veterans Parade Foundation to cancel their event. He said, I'm inviting them to host a rally on the south steps of Texas State Capitol. We celebrate our nation's heroes in Texas. They are meeting, as I understand it, in a park there today, rather than having a parade that has happened for years and years. They said, no, it's COVID. We can't do it. It's not fair to the people. It'll infect people. It'll kill people. And we can't have that. It's interesting. It's interesting that on other big events, they don't seem to be quite as sensitive to COVID. The Census Bureau data, I just looked it up because I was interested. It shows that roughly 1.4 million military veterans live in the state of Texas. That's about 6.8% of the state's overall population. A lot of people in Texas serve this nation in the military or have. This guy, Luis Rodriguez, he's a head of a, it's called Wind Therapy Motorcycle Freedom Riders. You can draw quite a picture in your mind of that, but they're pretty conservative guys. They go around and do rallies and stuff. They're a pretty big deal. I've never heard of them before, but I just looked into it real quickly to, so I'd know what I was talking about. And they're they're good guys for the most part from what I can see. But he, he, it's a military support group. They do a lot of good things. They don't just ride their, their Harleys or whatever around and, and show up at these rallies, although they do. But they do a lot of good things for veterans and, and veterans who have been wounded in, in, you know, in service and so on. But he told the press, and, and a number of the newspapers in Texas ran that, and then I saw some outside of Texas this morning quoting him. But he said, it's a slap in the face to those who served. It's an open-air parade. He says they allowed Formula One, the race, to go ahead, and that had five times the number of people as the Super Bowl. They did nothing to shut that down. They're playing politics with the honor of veterans who have served this country. Well, to Patrick Henry's point, victory also involves vigilance by those who are not serving in the armed forces. J.K. Chesterton wisely said this, and I quote him from time to time. He said, the true soldier fights not because he hates what is in front of him, but because he loves what is behind him. It's important that we always keep America behind those who represent us in military, in conflict. In recent months and last couple of years, our military leaders, some of them who are in place now, have become so anti-American, and I don't know how that works. I cannot grasp that. But they are. The guy that runs the Pentagon now, Biden's appointee, they somehow take this whole notion of military and they have transformed it into an indoctrination that's not unlike our public school classrooms today. They are more concerned with analyzing whether these soldiers are male or female or in transition. Honestly, I'm not overstating that. 
They're so obsessed with this. I fear and I pray God that another country doesn't attack us like Japan did at Pearl Harbor. Because I don't know if our leaders, oh, our people are ready, but I don't know that some of our leadership is ready for that. I don't know that they even know what combat looks like anymore. And that's just my opinion. And I'm sure many of you disagree, but I don't care. Our veterans are not called to have a life that where they can transition and somebody the federal government will pay for it and whatever. I mean, that seems to be coming a thread in our military that is so foreign to what it's about. And most of our military men and women that are serving, they don't buy into that. And it puts them at risk. God bless America. But we need to bless God. And we need to get back to the very fundamentals upon which this nation was built. There's a story out there that it's been around a couple of days. I've been following it very closely. I just mentioned it in passing today. Marine Corps commanders across different commands are using the same form letter, the same form letter, they're just putting different names at the top of it, to deny religious accommodation requests for the coronavirus vaccine. There's a legal legal requirement that they look at each religious exemption um, you, you know, form that is presented on its own merit and look at it uh, according to what is said there and analyze each one and de- decide on each one. Obviously, they're not doing that. Not only in the Marine, but the Navy isn't either. They're sending out these massive letters just denying them religious exemption from getting a shot. And this is coming down. I mean, they've only got a couple of weeks, I think, for the deadline. And there's going to be thousands of our military men and women who are going to be ineligible to serve because they have a religious objection to getting this shot, this vaccination. It's amazing. The Marine Corps policy says that the burden of proof is placed on the Marine Corps, not the individual requesting the exemption. And yet they have been caught in the act. There's a, it's a long story. But they've been caught in the act of just sending out these form letters. They're not even reviewing the religious exemption cases. Each denial letter is identical, whether it's Navy, Marine, or whatever, and they're just being issued. The same one that a Marine get got over here, and they're, they're, this is all verified, is a, the same letter. They're, just the names are changed on the letter. They're not looking at it on an individual basis. They have made a decision that religious exemption is not important, apparently. And I'm not talking about the people who serve. I'm talking about some of the people in leadership. And I will tell you, this is dangerous for America, and it's unfair to those who serve. So pray for those who serve our nation. Pray for those who serve in our military today because they are good people. They are doing a righteous cause. America is a good country, not a bad country. And we need to stand for those who protect us and fight for us and for righteousness and goodness and freedom and liberty, including religious liberty. Hey, thanks for being with me today. It's always a pleasure Thank you for your support. You are the source of support 
for this ministry. Thank you so much. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.